podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn, and joining me today is Mark Jordan. Hello. Craig Devine. Hello. <laughs> and Sam Smith. Hey, I love the kibble. Hello. <laughs> uh, Ross isn't here. I asked him why he couldn't make it. He says he was just uh, rolling the dice of life. So uh, <laughs> um, We're going to kick off with uh, just something we've been seeing on Twitter quite a lot recently and obviously it's a touchy issue with certain fans and that is what you've already heard their name the kibble uh, obviously we can't talk too much because at the moment of recording the Smizer meeting is currently going ahead uh, so we don't know the full details of what's coming out of that meeting but um, like just think that maybe the kibble stuff may be blown slightly out of proportion I don't know, my, my complimentary season ticket's sitting right in the, the kind of central bit with a couple of the kibble guys and to be honest they're a great bunch of guys and I'd back them to make all the right decisions on, on just about everything at the club, great great bunch of guys. I agree with that comment that you've just mentioned here on the Kibble Presents Misery Hunters podcast. Brought to you by the kibble. <laughs> uh, brought to you by Renderworks. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> and dodgy petitions. <laughs> Uh, it has, I think, Jamie, you're right, it's been blown by a lot of proportion. I think a lot of people are just kind of jumping on the kibble's back. Any problem that goes wrong, it just seems to be getting blamed on them. No one really blamed anything on them last year when we were battling for the top six, getting to two semi-finals. I think a lot of people forget they've been in place since March 2020, mm-hmm. or maybe just before. I think it was just before the first lockdown. And... There was no problems with anything up until we started really playing shite on the pitch, to be <laughs> honest. And I, th- I think if if we were sitting, I'm sure I've seen someone sitting black and white army, I think it might have been Gad, or Gadface, I think his name is on Twitter, they said that if we were sitting there with eight points for our first few league games and nobody's really going to be complaining about and the are doing off the park. I mean, me personally, I don't really. I think the ticketing stuff obviously could have been handled a lot better. They could have had fans on the ground earlier, but I think the Kibble have probably done their due diligence. And my sense, I mean, it's not all the Kibble that run the run everything. I'd like to think that they're adding a good amount of professionalism, mate. And good, the things will take time to change, but there's not really time to. They've only really properly been doing stuff when fans have been back for the past few months, so you need to give them a chance. Mm-hmm. I think... If, uh, oh, sorry, on you go, Craig. No, I think, just because I think you put the nail on the head. I think if we'd been a bit more successful on the park the first few games of the season, we wouldn't be sitting talking about any of this. Um, it's maybe a wee bit twofold as well, and I do think, like, I don't think anyone could have the, the right to disagree, but the communication for the club has been shite. There's no other way of saying it. It's been really, really poor, and... I certainly don't expect the club to come out and communicate every single decision that's getting made and the reasoning behind it. But I feel as if they've maybe dug the hole quite deep themselves by just the, the lack of, kind of clarity, the lack of communication. Mm-hmm. Even the most recent statement coming for the club was, uh, I think it was maybe one of Tony's statements, where we still didn't get a number of the, the amount of fans that were allowed into the ground. And it, it did kind of annoy me reading through it. It's like, why are we, you know purposely going out of our way it feels to try and still be 
so vague. Mm-hmm. But again, if we're you know doing the business on the park, I don't care. Yeah. I, I don't really care about any of that. It's like you say, it will sort itself out. I think everybody's just are, everybody's frustrated. Like there, there have been a lot of reasons to be frustrated this season with St. Martin on on the park and some of the stuff off the park. Like it, it's there's a big transition happening in the club now, and anyone who's ever tried working with people just people in general knows that that's fucking difficult to do and it doesn't help when you've got a couple hundred odd fans on twitter just scrutinizing absolutely everything you do as well um when you when the kibble were voted in they did say that they were looking to bring a bit more professionalism to certain aspects of the club like change like the, the whole ticketing system that had been moaned about for years and years of how bad it was and then they've brought in a new ticketing system. Yeah, that's in a transitional period and it could have been handled better and the club have admitted that. But like when there's so many changes going on at the club at the one time, you're, you're going to expect some sort of hiccups. The communication issues have been pretty poor from the club, but that again is nothing new. That's something that has been an issue with St. Martin for a long, long time. Um, I agree with what you said there about the last statement with the tickets for the St. Johnson game. Also, the issues they had with where away fans allowed to buy tickets or not. Mm-hmm. Like, they were available for away fans. St. Johnson said they weren't, and St. Martin said they weren't, and then they said they were, and then they said they weren't again. Um, and that's probably why there wasn't a lot of away fans there. I know you can make the jokes about St. Johnson not having any fans, but like, uh, <laughs> I'm sure they would have brought a few more if they knew that the tickets were available for them to buy, and the oh. communication over that was poor and that's and what's frustrating about that is that's money we've lost out on um like we get the money for the away ticket allocation you'd expect someone at the club would probably get their balls booted for that it's it's just one of these things like i'm not overly fussed about the kibble I'm, i don't believe all the rumors from anonymous count accounts on twitter um but yeah, I can understand some frustrations, but it is just getting out of hand. Like every comment, anything to do with something on the keyboard brought up and about corruption and this and that, and people just don't know what they're talking about half the time. And it's just so counterproductive to anything that we're trying to do. I think there's a few a few issues at hand that have probably made this a much louder problem than it might have been otherwise. I think timing on a number of things. So this summer was always going to be a bit stormy as people blame the club directly for at times what's maybe out of their hands in terms of how many fans get back into the ground but also then their response to that situation which I'm sure was a tough situation and it was decisions that that none of us would want to be making not to to defend it but it's not a straightforward situation necessarily so that's going on anyway the, the ticket system for so long was shite and had to change so it did we were in a position where, I mean, I don't know if I've anyone ever heard anyone come out of a summer game and say, you know, our pies are probably the best in the country or, you know, our stewards really get our fans better than any other stewards in the country or anything else. So it's harsh and I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on any of it, but in isolation, changing any of these things for a deal which you would hope is better for the club longer term in terms of quality and in terms of price and everything else aren't necessarily bad things, but they've all come in what was already an odd summer with other problems to handle and then on the pitch things haven't lived up to so so what you guys said before it just all it all comes together and creates a situation which I think some people are landing all at the door of the kibble when the truth is that none of us genuinely understand mm-hmm. exactly what the kibble's been part of and what they haven't and that's 
you know, that's that's not good enough. The, we should know what the, the Kibble's role is. If they're going to come in on the promise of long-term benefits for the club and increased professionalism and everything else, and if someone are going to be a fan-owned, not fan-run, as they like to, to remind us, which is fair enough, but fan-owned, then we should understand what that, that role is and we should have more of an idea about processes around letting go of long-term tenders and bringing new people in. These things all make sense. It doesn't mean that the vice chairman or whatever his, his role is, is suddenly handing out jobs like Smarties to the guys he grew up with and Airdrie and all the rest of it that's getting thrown about on on Twitter. I think we're I think we're jumping a few a few fences ahead of, of where the race actually is here. And hopefully, although it doesn't sound like it initially on Twitter, hopefully the chairman and the the chairman of Smarties and the chairman of the club sitting down tonight and actually answering questions directly about some of those decisions starts to mend some of those those fences but as with anything else, then some people won't be happy until they get every single answer, and some people won't believe their answers that they're given anyway. It's honestly, it's an unwinnable situation. Yeah, no, no, no one's ever going to be happy because <clears throat> someone tried to translate the issues with the kibble to wanting a list of all the players that we went for and why they were rejected or something like that. I saw uh, that yeah. comment on Twitter and of course that's absolutely ridic- ridiculous. No club will ever do that in their entire history. I think we. We'll need to ride this out and kind of try and turn a blind eye on Twitter and try and ignore as much of that as we can because give it a year, two years' time, no one's going to be talking about this. I, I don't think that's exactly. Unless we have the, to get or something, which hopefully Touchwood does, they're going to happen. <laughs> the, the communication stuff, like the stuff that people want, you know, is stuff that no football club in the world is ever going to tell anybody. Like people are asking for oh, how much money were we going to get for player X, how much did we bid for player B, why did we not get it, as you said like, can we get a full list of players who we try to say, no football club in the world is that transparent and I think people have a real a try, I think people just assume because we are run by the fan well, what a fan owned, mm. we're run by the fans like, people just assume that they have a right to know every, every single thing that goes on in the club when they don't, and the whole point of this miser at the time was to get directors in that we would appoint mm-hmm. to run the club. It was never just a case of guys like us four who pay money into Spicer who would have make decisions on what players we were going after and who we were going to sign because Curtis Main wouldn't be playing up front if I had any say <laughs> on it. So. And, and the amount of times we get stuff wrong on this podcast and we write people off and they come back to show us up show that we know absolutely nothing. And I, and. I'm not saying that the fans don't know nothing, but um, there's people in these positions. Sorry, fans. <laughs> Just we're we're not in the position to make decisions like that are impacting the club and. Um, we just need. I think we just need a bit more positivity out there within the fans because it is becoming an absolute slog when you open that Twitter account. Like just to have a wee read through our feed, and it's like it's actually two minutes now. That's me throwing my phone away again out of frustration. It's just properly aye, a bit vitriolic at times, but I can't. I can't actually remember who who it was that said to me in the pub after the St. Johnson game. Well, I, I can tell a lie. It wasn't fucking Jamie because he never turned up. When he did mention it, felt as if there was maybe just too much that was trying to be changed at the same time, and mm-hmm. that certainly does feel like it's the case. Even like the operational stuff, and then if you look at the the staff turnover. You know, the new chairman's coming in and he's getting it in the neck. Sometimes maybe a wee bit justified, sometimes not, mostly not. But, you know, the guy's been in the door two minutes and he's expected to solve 
all of these seemingly long-standing issues. Now, if that's if this is all still the case in a year's time, then by all means, it has to answer those questions. But give folk a chance. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Don't need stuff like the pellet ex-chairman having a go on Facebook pages because he doesn't <laughs> like that he get ousted. But see, the thing with him is he's got such a short memory, doesn't he? Aye. Some of the shit he moans about, and you're like, you actually have a read of that. What you've just said. Aye. Think back to your position you were in a few years ago. Ugh. I think he gets away with it now because he sucks up everybody's ass. Mm. Really, and everybody sucks up his ass for some reason. So. I mean, he follows the podcast. I don't know if he listens. If he listens, then hello. Oh, he listens. He listens. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> Welcome to come on for an interview, Stuart. <laughs> well, he wasn't on your list, Mark. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should, should we move on to something else? I was going to say something more positive, but it depends how you view the next part. Um, yes. The, the transfer window is now shut. Um, I guess we've still got Jamie McGrath. That's that's one thing. I love the pe- the people moaning about. There was people moaning about the fact that we were trying to sell him at the window. That are now moaning the fact that he's still here and he's, he's now going to leave for free. Like these are these are some of the arguments that you're never going to win. I generally think like if we like had got some money for him on the last year's contract, then it would have to be a bit of decent money because. If Jamie McGrath does for us this season what he done last season, then that's worth the transfer money letting him go for free. Like you, if he p- propels us into the same position he does last season, avoids us for of relegation, then he's made made us the money that we probably would have got if we'd sold him and get relegated or something. So I, I'm more than happy that he is he is here. My only my only sadness is with that is that I would I don't know I'd I'd, I'd like to have seen us with Scott Allen and Dre. Do you know it was oh, if that was being spoken about like Scott Allen and the pulling the strings and. And everything else, I think, is maybe an entirely different proposition to what we've been used to in terms of. I think, especially with this home kit being as good as it is, and Scott Allen being as good looking as he is, <laughs> I that would have been wow. I, 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 I think when the story first broke of that was about ten to twelve, just before the window shut, and I actually was excited, and I didn't really, I had completely forgot that James McGrath would have been leaving at that point because yeah. I was absolutely yeah. all for watching Scott it, Allen it was absolutely unbelievable the U-turn of atmosphere on Twitter when that was <laughs> an, when Hibs had apparently made a bid for Jamie McGrath the fuck it everybody was on their warpath I was on my warpath fuck Jack Ross the snake and then all of a sudden we're getting a winger on Dre Wright like, I know people tend not to like Dre Wright but um, I know we were interesting before but then Scott Allen as well and money I was at the whole atmosphere changed I went Holy fuck, let this happen. And then in true Simon fashion, everything was left too late. <laughs> and Scott Allen and some cash in exchange for Jamie McGrath would have been a great deal. And you could have got Dre right in too, and he could have, he could have done the turnstiles if you don't want to play him. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got some steward positions available. <laughs> Who is it making pies? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, he stayed. but we never got that winger, but it looks like we might be getting somebody with a bit of pace. I don't. It hasn't been announced by the club yet, has it? But it's been announced by that guy on Twitter. That, um, Robert Eve, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he's always usually. Stuff, to be fair, he's a, he's uh, a yeah. fan. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if I think if Robert Griever, uh, Scott Burns usually tweeting about something, and I just assume it's happened. Yeah. Because I, I tweeted him and I said, uh, "Would it be happening just now, or would it be happening in January?" Because I, I thought he was still with the tweet reads as if he's still with. 
Mm-hmm. Newcastle, but seemingly got released two months ago, and he's here now. So, which is strange because he was on loan at Shrewsbury last season, and apparently Shrewsbury tried to make the deal permanent, but they couldn't agree on a fee. So it's very interesting that he's now been released. I, I don't know how that. What age is he? Um, is he? I couldn't actually. Five, I think. Yeah, I was wondering if he was maybe young enough Quite that like, there was a dev fee or something. Mm-hmm. Old, but uh, he's a decent age. But um, like I think I think people got their backs up quite because it said um, Robert Greaves tweeted saying a right back Matt Miller, um, but according to like well I see according to any stats I've seen that he's also plays at right wing like um, Wikipedia had him down as a midfielder as well. So do us a favour, Jamie, and refer to them as exclusive misery hunter sources. <laughs> Sorry, exclusive misery hunter sources. Wikipedia has said <laughs> that he's also a winger and can play in that position. <laughs> <laughs> I think transfer markets you can go on it says he's played 39 games as a, a right midfielder and 32 as a right back slash right wing back so mm-hmm. he's probably what we've been needing I think if we're mm-hmm. going to continue to play with the 3-5-2 I think the main problem with that has been that we've not had anybody good enough on the right hand side to do the same as what Tanzer does so hopefully he's just kind of he complements the team pretty well mm-hmm. and kicking on a wee bit yeah, I'm repeating what I said on Twitter earlier on, but Tate hasn't had a, a great start to the season. Fraser's your first choice, kind of wide centre back on the right hand side. And Henderson, I wouldn't back him to play as a winger for us just now, never mind a, mm-hmm. a wing back. He's he's not a winger or in, a wing back or anything, anything close to it, I think. So actually, I think freeing, freeing that up, putting in someone who's got something comparable to Tancer on the other side would give us a lot more balance in our first choice. And then to be honest, Tate being second choice and available on both flanks, mm-hmm. I think it's not necessarily a bad position to to be in it. I think it starts to alleviate a lot of the stuff that's that's kind of left us short so far. I mean, but all this is without having seen the guy yeah. play, so we could have a, an Aussie Callum Waters on our hands or something here, but have all a, reports seem positive. <laughs> could have a Dylan Connolly. I mean, like if you're bringing in somebody with that much pace, you just hope there's maybe a wee bit more end product to him. Some some yeah. breaks on him so he doesn't just fucking run out the park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another player we've brought in on season long loan, uh, Connor Ronan. Uh, I'd be lying if I said I knew much about him uh, before this transfer was made, but he comes with a decent pedigree. He had a bit of a bad injury, but uh, he's apparently way ahead of schedule and is set to play f- first team football. Um, a midfielder, which probably what wasn't what we were mainly looking for but definitely you can see the way we've played and how basically we've the game so far this season we've lacked a lot in midfield and we've gave the ball away very cheaply so someone a wee bit steadier in midfield um, it looks like he's probably going to be replacing sort of the Jake Doyle Hayes role that we, we had the club um, hopefully hopefully that's it's another positive move for us it sounded as if it was maybe one that it was brought in with a potential view to play instead of McGrath and obviously he's stayed but the benefit of this Ronan guy coming in is that he can play you know, a wee bit further back having somebody that can fill both of those roles is pretty good I think, I think he has played at a pretty good level um, when you look at a player that's maybe like what is he 21, 22 mm-hmm. around about that age playing for a a Premiership team in Wolves on loan. You think mm, there's maybe a reason for that? He's, he's not really kind of he's not really kind of kicked on at all. But he's played at I think it was Grasshopper he came from. Yeah, well, that's you know that's, that's a pretty decent level. He's got you know quite a high number of appearances over the past couple of years. So 
it's not as if I've brought in a guy that's just been kicking about in the bench for two years. Mm-hmm. You know, injury aside, yeah. hopefully he's going to kick on and be ready to go straight away. Aye, I think obviously we had to probably bring in another midfielder, obviously, because we let Zidane go away on Monday. St. I was so. just I was just about to bring up that, that Cameron Ferson's ha- has went and loaned to St. Johnson. Um I, I I'm not that bothered by it. Like to be I, honest. Nah. I I see, uh, in either. Like see if you're twenty three, you're past the age of being a prospect. Because if you're twenty three and you're still people are saying, Oh, you'll become good in the future. He really should be breaking into the team just now. He should be a regular starter at that age. It was just, I, I don't know what Callum Davidson sees in him, but I think Callum Davidson's recruitment has actually been mm-hmm. pretty poor across the piece. Like a lot of the players he's signed since he's come in haven't really done a job. I think Middleton might be Middleton and Melamed last year might be the only exceptions, but the rest of the players were all there in place for Tommy Wright before. And I think he's kind of, his recruitment's been pretty poor, replacing somebody as good as Ali McCann with Callum McPherson's next day. The, the thing I mean, is, I'll stand up for Cammy as a player. At least I, I would rather have him than than not. But I don't necessarily think it was the wrong decision to to let him go. If um, if Goodwin's happier to play McCarthy and hold in midfield, then move things around and, and play Cammy in there. Then in the, the current state of suspensions and everything else, then I think it says just about everything that has to be said on where his uh, his opinion of him is. So if he's not going to get games, then. There's no point in him hanging about for his sake or or ours. I'm I'm disappointed it hasn't worked out, but I appreciate I'm maybe in a, a minority at this point so with him. But. There's there's two things the way I, I kind of see it. So I, I I haven't been to many games this season mainly because of work and I'm and I wasn't very lucky in the draws unlike Sam. But um, mm-hmm. from what I saw, <laughs> but from what I saw in um, in the Livingston game that I was at when he came off the the bench. I don't like his pass like completion percentage must have been probably the lowest I think of that because as soon as he got the ball he could not string a pass together his like delivery into the box and crossing was absolutely woeful and then if he got a a yard of space with the ball he just took a shot no matter where he was on the pitch and nine times out of ten that hit a defender like um, and that's how I kind of remember him from last season as well I think that the loan move could be could be positive for both of us though because say he goes to St. Johnson and he, ha- he plays an absolute blinder we have a-, a clause there that we can recall him like maybe this is the kick up the ass Cammy needs like we ha- we had something similar with Ethan where his attitude wasn't there properly and we loaned him out to Barnsley and we even tried to sell him to Barnsley but he's kicked on and apparently he's got his head down maybe obviously we don't know what's happening behind the scenes maybe something similar like that but like if if he goes and plays a blinder for St. Johnson and and people are like, this is why we should have kept him, we can bring him back in January and it's not that big a deal. Either goes away and plays a blinder or he goes away and does what he did with us where he gives the ball away 10 times a game and then lunges into attack but we try and win it back and fails. Miserably. <laughs> I'd, um, I'd have the mortgage on him signing a pre-contract either at St. Johnston or somewhere else in, in January to be honest. Aye. At, I, at I think he'll end up I think he'll end up the championship. I, I can't see him going and being a success. Oh, you think he'll come judging. back then? <laughs> Aye. To be honest, I could see him as someone like rocking up at Falkirk or something like that. Aye. Like, I, just, I, I, I liked him. I, I think when he first broke in the team, he was a bit of a breath of fresh air considering the, 
shite we had at the time. And I think the season got uh, called early was thought it really kicked on for December onwards. And it was a bit of a mainstay in the team, but for then he's just not really kicked on. I mean, the amount of times last year he would start, do well for one game, and then play four or five shite games after it. He'd score a screamer, and then that was it. Every dude would be sucking up his ass again as if he was the second coming as Eco. But nah, it's, it's not really worth getting all worked up about. I think the boy Warren has a better pedigree. He's more experienced, despite being a couple of years younger as well. Mm-hmm. I would have been really pleased if this was the start of the St Johnston slide down the table. Aye. I mean, we will get onto it in a minute, but they were not looking great on Saturday uh, or no. Sunday evenings. Um, but we we still have the free transfer market. We've seen that, that we've went for Matt Miller. Um, potentially still could be looking for another winger. Um, we've already saw that Aidan Fitzpatrick uh, get has left Norwich could be a good shout young player highly thought of uh, then the other thoughts were Barry Mackay because he's local but it looks like he'll be going to Hearts if he's not already I'm presuming they've not actually signed him yet but according to most press agencies he, he's a shoe in to move to Hearts okay <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would take Barry Mackay just on the you know the kind of football manager principle of he's played for a bigger club and scored goals for a bigger club and He's available on a free, so why not? But I can't, to be honest, other than hitting the bar against um, against Celtic that time when he came on, I don't really know. I don't really know what he's done. I, 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 did he kick his own arse much at Swansea? Or? I can't tell you. I, don't know. I think there was a video of him uh, when he played for Rangers. It was a, one of the kind of analysis guys on Twitter that was the amount of assists he should have had in his last season for Rangers. And I mean, there was the video was about three minutes, ten seconds long. Of just single clips, no replays of how many chances guys missed, mm. the chances he created, and nah, he's, he's uh, pretty gutted if he went to Hearts to be honest. Because it's a sort of I think we could probably put my good offer. You know, he's been barred, so even if he's given the chance to kind of move back up the road, but obviously Hearts are going to offer a lot more money than we can. Mm-hmm. A more attractive proposition playing for a team that looks as if they're going to be challenged for third rather than one at the moment looks as if it's kind of struggling to pick up a win but everything could change yeah slight um, Greg Wild vibes off him like yeah. Hearts could be his Aberdeen and then he ends up signing for us in a year's time anyway and then before you know it four years later he's on the bench at Kelty's B team or something and he's made it into the misery 11 for the uh, 2030 edition yep uh, we'll move on to St. Johnson. Um, I was unfortunately working, but I, I tried watching as much as I could on my phone. First half, we played pretty decent, and um, we got the early goal. It was chopped off. The amount of times I've now looked at the replay, I can't tell if it was onside or offside. Um, I, I'm I'm leaning towards onside that it went in. Nah. Okay. I thought it was onside. Not yep. at the time, but uh, I think when you watch it back, you can see that he's onside. They never really obviously get highlighted. Scene because why would you highlight stuff for agenda? And who's interested in that? I think what the player's reaction, there wasn't really much of one, was there? The entire main stand absolutely lost it up because Brophy started so far beyond the line and then cut back. Everyone's like, oh, Brophy didn't touch it. Going absolutely off the head. But I don't know, watching it back earlier on today, you could argue maybe that McCarthy's a you know a, a you know a kind of shoulder ahead of 
ahead of the line, and then it's just that everyone else catches up with him by the time he makes the header. But you've you wouldn't. Um, I don't think anyone would have protested much if it had been given either. It was a it was a close call for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought we were decent though. Like uh, apart from the actual, like apart from the obviously the goal that got chopped off the first half, I thought we were all right. Uh, Xander Clark made two really, really good saves. He had one, this one really good save. It was maybe more of a bad miss for Tate. I think it was another belted across coming for Tanza. And uh, if Tate hits it anywhere other than straight at Clark, it's in the back of the net. I think all it really needed was to be guided into the corner. But there's fine lines. I think a lot of people kind of went over the top with the criticism after it because we were an offside goal away for winning 1-0 against a team that won two cups last year and finished above us in the league no matter how badly people think of them and there was that Curtis main chance like uh, when uh, Jamie McGrath like fantastic run but that ball he played was absolutely awful and it didn't leave Curtis main much choice he had to hit it as soon as he got to it um, which unfortunately I think took a bit of the power and accuracy out of the shot hit the keeper and then Jamie McGrath with the follow up was unlucky not to um, not to score, but I genuinely think we we did play really really decent. I think I, we, we I really think are it. one or two players short of being a good team. I have, I do not have this worry that people are saying that we're that's us relegated and that's us shit and we should sack Jim Goodwin and because he's so stubborn, uh, all this kind of stuff. Like I genuinely think we're we're not far off a good team and I'm hoping maybe these signings that we've brought in. Oh, personally, it was yeah, good first half. Second half was pretty kind of poor, turgid stuff. As like Sam says, we weren't that far off winning against Johnson. But one thing I can't get my head around is the booing at the end. That's like mm-hmm. you've been locked out for eighteen months. The first kind of meaningful crowd back, and folk are booing the team off the park. I think this is just leading into the, like how much negativity is around the club that we're. Yeah. that we're saying that like it's not helping anything I think someone made a really really good point on Twitter too and I don't know if you've got this written down as an opinion that you will read out later uh, Mark uh, about basically the fans see this stuff online not the fans sorry the players see this sort of stuff online and like it affects them it does affect them and there's, there's so much negativity around about the club that hopefully maybe we, I think we need one good one if we beat Dundee United um, this weekend I generally think the place might become a bit of a better place. I actually quite liked being back in and hearing the odd shout again during the football, even ones you don't agree with. So the odds, you know, like nonsense call of like 25 minutes in and someone's shouting at Jim Goodwin to get a substitute on or don't send him to warm up. Since like That's all fine. I quite enjoy being back in that environment. Do you know what? I wasn't ready to be back absolutely immersed in yet again is folk that wait until it's quiet and then have a full conversation with the manager absolutely boils my piss there's a guy like two rows in front of us who was lit and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating you know like a wee boy at the football that thinks that the manager's listening but he was like Jim I can't believe that, that you're sitting there and Erehon's still on that pitch and if you would think about it then you could probably get Erehon off there and show us up in the middle of the pitch and it's like mate well, I mean, Erehon, you've been on Erehon, 25 Erehon, words too long Erehon did leave the pitch so he did so he, he was also listening did it sure because he's shitty touch <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want to know who these folk talk to during lockdown just shouting at their wife to tell Jim Goodwin to make substitutions in a game that's been streamed on an iPad up the stairs I, I do like that you mentioned this because like when I turned on I think at one point I had to go serve a customer and then 
I went back to my phone and turned up the sound and all I could hear was someone shouting, we're at home, we're at home. And I'm like, I wonder if he shouts that at his missus and all when like the food's no great or something. Like, we're at home, this should be better. We're at home. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I, 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 wasn't it, the performance wasn't bad enough to boo the team off the pitch and tell to the manager when he comes over to applaud everybody. I think that's... I think we could. Uh, it's one thing I've never really done to boo the team off the park, probably because I just don't really see the point in it. Is what you're going to get for booing mm-hmm. the team off the park. If they're good they, and so, do you know what? We've been booed off. I'll change the formation next week. Uh, they, they know what they know. We've been shit. Like they know, yeah, like if if we get pumped six 0 I don't think that boo is really making them go. Do you know what? Next time I should play a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's. I mean. We're we're called Misery Hunters for a reason. That's why the podcast was named. Uh, anything else you, you guys want to mention from the St. Johnson game? The best part was after it. Oh, I heard. Yeah. 80% attendance for the first uh, Misery Hunters pints in, in, what's that, 18 months, 19 months? Uh, it was like a zoo in the beers, to be honest. Yeah. I'd like to apologise to anyone who was within a couple of streets of the beers on a Sunday after the game for the repeated Ric Flair woo that I was letting out every 10 to 15 seconds for about three hours. <laughs> Sorry, I don't get out much uh, anymore. I'm, I'm still just kind of bursting it in laughter thinking of that guy pulling the, the wee TV out. <laughs> <laughs> watch the Man United game. Michael Scott Telly <laughs> world's biggest projector screen in the pub and he's pulling out someone's Samsung phone from beside the bar fair on a TV stand fair play to the guy who came up to us as well that said he listened to the podcast as well I, I can't I don't have any recollection of the guy's name or what he looked like but uh, I thank you very much for that he said he enjoyed Aye, but, it so. but Bruno you and Ben are you Sam you're Mark you're Ross and then went to me who are you <laughs> <laughs> you must be Jamie. <laughs> Take the producer. Oh, I'm, I'm yet to be recognised for the podcast. So, um, I mean, I don't go out, so that's my sure. But Did you refuse to come because the beer sells tenants? Is that what the the issue was? That, that's exactly it. I, I will not be seen in an establishment that sells such. Such terrible beer. Give me two seconds till I can find that video of DDA Drogba shouting that it's a fucking disgrace. <laughs> I'm posting it everywhere. <laughs> no, I was. Uh, the reason I wasn't out is because I was working and I was working the next day and uh, it was an old firm. So was that. There was probably twats out. I saw the videos and I'm joking. <laughs> Four of them. Was. There was twats out. It There was twats standing on tables, topless. But, aye, unfortunately, that was me hitting the <laughs> else. So. Next time I'll see it. I mean, like, I I will be out of my job within two weeks' time. So any time after that, we should be fine. Uh, that sounds like I've been sacked or something. I've not. <laughs> um, we'll move on to the Dundee United game. Uh, a winnable match. Um, although I has it been? I honestly can't tell you what Dundee United's forms like. What well, how are they sitting at the moment? You beat by Aberdeen, didn't they? I definitely uh, had them as kind of loitering about the bottom mm-hmm. end of the table at the start of the season. Anytime some jobber gets bummed up out of the academy to, to lead a top fight team, 
but it never <laughs> it never kind of ends well. It's always seen as the kind of cheap appointment. So mm-hmm. he does talk absolute and he uses some mental words. Oh, Get a touch of the Castro's, doesn't he? Is the Chris Boyd uh, syndrome where he says stuff that he doesn't actually know what they mean? I, I think he is smart. Like he does, he does seem pretty kind of clued up. And I, I think I'm sure he's done a master's degree and something to do with sport as well. So I'd imagine he is quite like he's fucking ten times smarter than I'll ever be. But uh, he, some of the words he uses, are, he could just say, "Oh, it was a great win," and he's going to but use the thesaurus to change the word for great to something that's got. Ten letters on it, just wanky. Just see you played well. <laughs> I hope we get him sacked. Aye, it's, it's one that's it's got me a wee bit nervous because their their forms a wee bit kind of up and down. But it is a team that's and they've already beat Rangers this season. They've beat St Johnson. You know they've got some players that could hurt us. I think they've got McNulty back up front even after Shanklin left. But I they're sitting mid table right now. But hopefully. Us on Saturday beating them is the, the start of us kind of starting to climb up a wee bit and Dundee United sliding down next to St Johnson. But what does give me some um, comfort is that they've lost everyone's favourite drink driving allegedly left back <laughs> who scored the winner in that Rangers game and they've replaced them with Scott McMahon from Hamilton. So are we allowed to say we... allegedly even if he filmed himself doing it? Yeah, sorry, everyone's favourite left back who drank a venom behind the wheel of his motor <laughs> and put it on Snapchat, yeah. where it was definitely a venom unless. Unless Coke now sell like alcohol-free venoms <laughs> in the types of glasses that you get inside clubs and let you walk outside with them, then he drove his motor with a venom in him. Because it wasn't as if there was the CCTV of him as well, actually at the bar buying said <laughs> venom before he walked out. But. Yeah, that's we've said a lot of stuff on this podcast where we probably should have put allegedly in front of it, but I don't think that's one of them. No, <laughs> two glasses are lime made, please, I'm, I'm driving. I, I don't think he listens, it's fine. You don't, you don't know the reach of this place. Oh. Does it reach how high it goes, Craig. Yeah. You have no <laughs> idea what would happen if the daily record starts on us. If you, yeah, poke, that's true. If you poke an angry panda bear. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I, I, predictions for Dun United. I genuinely think we're going to beat them. And I think Big Robocop's going to score. He, he'll score yeah. two and Brophy will score one. And I'll I'm going to have penalty. So 4 0. I was going to say 2-0 but uh, <laughs> Big Joe they scored 2 after we've done the standard put him up front for the last 5 minutes mm-hmm. Aye, I reckon 2-1 panic over pies are getting sold again we can all get in the stadium on time for a kick off and they have to give us a fuck what's happening off the park after that Aye. I'll say 2-1 with, um, with a kibble OG maybe the goal against us <laughs> I think the, the only thing I'd like to, I know, obviously, I, I'm sure, well, I think he does, that John Needham listens, please keep the season tickets on the phone. I have absolutely no care for having a physical season ticket card. <laughs> there is obviously a lot of people that will, but please let me download it onto my Apple wallet. That is true, that would be quite handy. Um, and let us design next year's Exactly, kit. just what, not all I, the kits, I, all the I, kits. I, I, I want to design an absolute mental goalkeeper kit. I've already got it in my head. I had a dream. It came to me in a vision. And this thing's going to be the the, the best thing ever. Mark my word. I, I took a trip out to Peru and met a shaman and filled myself full of ayahuasca and visualised several kits, which um, reflect lots of nice things about Paisley and, and our subconscious. <laughs> 
Don't lie, you were taking mushrooms up the Glen for me. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Both are very spiritual acts, and I'm I'm all for it. Uh, we we will be back shortly with some opinions. Hello, I'm Jim Goodwin, and you're listening to the Misery Hunters. Thank you, Jim. Over to you, Mark. Oh, and welcome to the new good mannered, you know, nice, soft touch, unpopular opinion section where I don't call all of our fans morons and insult them for five minutes before reading anything out because we've got the most intelligent fans in the country. And here are some examples of that. <laughs> uh, the first one is uh, actually from a long term listener of the, the podcast, Ross. Um, his username's Ari Davidson. 22. He's, um, I think he's listened since the since the start of the podcast, Ross. And uh, he says, Sam Smith and PTF blog ruined us and now it's heavy shite because of their sensible opinions. I well, would agree with that. Uh, well, that's Ross's fault. He was the one who originally messaged me to come on, so uh, get it with him. To be fair, it was yep. long and deliberate, deliberated in a WhatsApp chat, but it was like, Jake, he would do? Aye, I know. <laughs> I, would, I would love, similar to the, the tendering process for the the catering and the steward and I would love to see the, the proof of that and the evidence of that but uh, basically what we did was looked at the Twitter accounts and decided right can these guys actually spell their own name and that kind of eliminated 95% of candidates I mean almost <laughs> I thought you were actually going to say this the, the reason was because when there was only three of us it was very hard to get everybody so we decided we needed more numbers and we both said that they have reasonable Twitter accounts that don't tweet shit so it was, it was pretty much what um, Craig said. Love that the, the almost exclusive shite that I've posted since that day has probably made you regret the decision on an hourly basis, but here we are. It's just lose listeners. Some of the streets <laughs> are put up as well, but... <laughs> Sam arguing with half our fan base. <laughs> yeah. Although you could have known at the time that you were getting a direct line into the kibble with Sam as well, where we, we well, know what goes on in the corridors of power. Yeah. So. Hi, listen... When I've had a few beers at the weekend, there's nothing better than your own Superman FC fans or the Superman supporters on Facebook having it off with people about Diggy Somner. And to be fair, Mark's made his, paid his dues for all the photoshops he's done uh, for, for for us and for um, Two Towns Down Lager or beer. Listen. And I thought you were going to start putting me in the in the hot seat for anonymous Superman Twitter accounts there with photoshops included, which... I would have, um, I've had to contest I don't, um, firmly. I don't know who that was but they're a genius wouldn't, wouldn't go anywhere near that none of that shit. <laughs> not me are uh, you the guy who runs the Spizer v Kibble page yeah sorry sorry that's me I decided to create a wee bit of drama by arguing with it publicly <laughs> but it's actually been me the entire time buddies need answers <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the Kibble and I don't like children having the same rights as other children so <laughs> 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 so, so that one's me it was me Austin it was me um, well, let's uh, let's pull this back to, to at least one unpopular opinion. Uh, at Scott Geddes ten, the Dennis and Erwin partnership is better than Main and Brophy. Nope. Move on. Somebody else speaking that is Scott and uh, Robbie Collins the same person. No, I think Robbie Collins only said that he wanted Erwin to get a game, which um, oh. I disagree with. But I'll I'll allow it as an unpopular opinion because I can imagine that he genuinely believes it. Anyone that genuinely thinks that Dennis and Erwin as a partnership would be better than Main and Brophy, regardless of what Main and Brophy have done, is after not. I, th- I think everybody knows we're big fans of um, Christian Dennis on this podcast, despite like what he done against Hearts. However, like Brophy is 
a better player than him. And I genuinely think that this partnership will start reaping benefits once we actually start supplying them with something decent. You cannot complain about us bypassing our midfield and hoofing the ball and also complain that our strikers aren't any good at the same time because both arguments counteract each other. Aye, and also it's probably another timely reminder, yeah, another good time to remind people that Curtis Main was not brought in to score goals. Curtis Main was brought in to supply Brophy, Dennis, and I fucking don't know what any point would be supplying and run Lee but he's there to run about run the channels like hold Robocop. the ball up like Robocop and also Main and Brophy could sit in the centre circle for the rest of the season and they still wouldn't have ran from kickoff and clotheslined a midfielder while we were chasing a point <laughs> in an important game so I'm sorry but that opinion can get shoved straight back up your ass I'm not having it not even close. Sorry, I'm supposed Sorry, to be Scott. the new supposed to be the new polite unpopular. Sorry. Scott, your your opinion has been debated and we've we've decided to come down on the side of, of no. But thank you for your contribution. Sounds like you're poking an angry panda there. <laughs> Copy fellow bear. <laughs> <laughs> Second one up. At Chris Grant thirteen eighty eight. McGrath is vastly overrated and if his goal stats weren't padded with so many pens. There'd be nowhere near the amount of speculation around him. Nah, I, th- I think we saw. I think the, the goals maybe sparks off that, but you just need to look at his wee run where he laid off main, and you see everything that's good about him when he's played the correct way and gets the ball where he should be getting the ball, and, and has people running off him and doing what they, they should do to get the best out of him. I think he's he's absolutely electric to be honest. If he was he's dribbling is ridiculous as well. Like, if he was overrated. He would not be in the Ireland squad. We'd not have um, Hibs offering one of their best midfielders. They've had. Well, I know he's fallen away a wee bit with um, certain health issues and stuff. But Hibs fans absolutely love Scott Allen, and and it, you you just need to look at Twitter to see that Hibs fans were so happy that we were, were linked to McGrath. But as soon as they found out that deal involved Scott Allen, they were not happy at all. Um, and if if Hibs are willing to part with that for him, there's there's something there. Aye, I mean it's no Scott Allen's fault when Lee died last year. <laughs> like yeah, McGrath is clearly a exceptional footballer who will go on to play at a much better level than others. Yeah. I think you just need it's, it's just like wee things. He's touch, you know, he can knock a ball up there and he goes and he takes it and skin people. His footwork's amazing to watch. Great passer of the ball as well. They competed against Bruno Fernandez the other night, so can't it be that bad. I'm also not having penalties as something that can just be like yeah. forgotten about Especially as if it's like with how shit is... we've been at penalties long standing yeah. like and all of a sudden we've actually got someone who 99% like he's going to score that mm-hmm. I think we literally got 100 penalties last year and they only missed one so it is 99% of penalties that scores yeah a lot of people are moaning about how our formations but no one's mentioned how little diving we're doing in the box to get penalties bring back Colin Quainer keep the ball in the deck Throw yourself down at the slightest touch. Yep. Get back to what makes it man great. <laughs> yeah, we we Jay obviously done it the opening day, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Minimal contact, down, rolling around like he's just been shot. That's what we want to see. Yep. That's what I want to see on Saturday, actually. It's, 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 a it's good, what we're good at. Old fashioned dive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cheap to a 1 0. I think on balance, we're, we're calling that firmly unpopular. But thank you, Chris, for your contribution. I really appreciate it. Uh, at FM 
underscore boy, thanks Finn Boyd. Hayden Coulson and Alfie Jones weren't terrible, but maybe that's just in comparison to Cole Pekawa. There was so Alfie much Jones. revisionism about Alfie Jones. There was so much revisionism as if it wasn't too shite to be a midfielder oh. and then also too shite to be a centre-half. I'm not the, having him at all. He was one of the better out of yeah. about what, nine or ten players that get signed. However, however, that's not saying much. He was coming on to a decent game when he left. Aye. Like, I, I wasn't... I was kind of... like Obviously, we brought in Anton Ferdinand, but... Um, uh, I thought he wasn't too bad a player, and Hayden Colson, he, he had his moments, um, and we'll, we've seen like how much money did he actually go for that money, or was he just linked with that amount of money? For he was just linked with Tottenham for twelve million, wasn't it? Something like that, aye, and it, really, I missed that. Um, aye, so it, was amount, aye, it was a high amount of money. Like he was, he was an alright player. He was young. Like I'm pretty sure we were the first professional games he was getting, and he had a couple of good games. I think it was just unfortunate of the manager that brought him in. That's just. I think you put him maybe similar to Jones in, in a sense as well. You put them in as like just two signings or one signings independently in a season where things are going generally quite well and there's a bit of stability. Mm-hmm. They'd maybe both have been fine. You stick them both in, and for my money, even if if not every account on Twitter agrees, the worst transfer window that's ever happened when mm-hmm. when Stubbs um, when Stubbs did what he did. Maybe maybe they would have been okay, but. Coulson to me will always be once Kearney was in and I can't remember what game it was specifically but he was like fuck it we need to do something stick the stick the wee uh, stick the wee Tyneside guy stick him up front see what happens <laughs> it's like I'm not convinced uh, but admittedly I, liked, I haven't watched the Middlesbrough game since so. I liked Jones but I never really I, I never ever took to Coulson I thought he was pish and I think near enough most of the times he played, teams took advantage of how far he would try and get up the park. Mm-hmm. He'd always leave massive gaps. And I don't know who it was that was a attempt that they play left mid at the time, but they never bothered the last track back either. Uh, I, I thought, I'm going to say it was Jamie, I actually thought Jones was really starting to play well when he came in. They started playing next to Ferdinand. He actually never really put a football. He was a bit lightweight. Kind of a bit of a, like Jesse when it came into making tackles, but he was, like a, he was a decent footballer out to pass the ball out for the back. So, I mean, I would have been a, against them staying towards the end of the season, but... Maybe now. now. Yeah, maybe now with a better defenders around them, that kind of game would have suited us a bit better. You know, I'll absolutely concede that. But at the time, I did genuinely did just think he's not quite strong enough and brave enough to be a centre-half, and he's obviously not quite good enough to be a centre-mid, and that's why he seems to be sort of both for... Mm-hmm. Southampton under twenty threes. I wasn't really, wasn't really having it at all. But I'll hold my hands up if I'm wrong on that one. Are we are we calling them the two of them officially not shite? Is that the officially is a not popular shite. opinion? I think that's I think that's opinion that that's okay. correct. Well, the podcast thanks you, Finn, for your contribution, even if even if I don't. But there we are. <laughs> at nineteen ninety one CJB, which is is Chris Bailey. Jack Ross is still a good guy. He saved us from League One. He promoted us to the Premiership in 18 months. Signing Saints players is as much the players who leave in our board's fault as is his. He owes us nothing. I'm a big it's fan a, of Bailey, but he can fuck <laughs> off with that. It's a very unpopular opinion on this podcast, but I'm pretty sure I remember one of the first ones I've done. I don't really have a problem with yeah, I've got that the Ross. At all, to be honest. It's, he's doing his, he's the manager of Hibs and it's the manager of Hibs he's got to do what's right for him. And if he thinks that signing 
our best player strengthens his team, which, to be honest, it's worked out for him so far. You, you can, you it's can, it's more I'd more blame our board for selling the hips constantly. I think for, for me and a majority of fans, I'll be honest, it is just a bit tongue in cheek. I don't really care either. He did a lot of good for us. A wee bit shite how he left, maybe a wee bit kind of underhanded. Skullduggery. Nah, a lot of skullduggery going on. I wish he would fuck off and stop trying to sign mm-hmm. all your players, but at the same time, it's football, isn't it? You can we, one, do it to, oh, we do it to smaller clubs. <laughs> you can spit all these facts and sensible opinions, but at the end of the day, fuck Jack Ross, the snaky wee bastard. <laughs> I would disagree with with that generally, Jamie, because I, I don't. I, I would agree with Bailey, and the AOs is absolutely nothing. The only one that still sticks in my craw, and I will, I will say, is shitty behaviour is coming back when we're in a relegation dogfight and convincing our number one and only goalkeeper to retire in order to be a goalkeeping coach, you can stick that right up your ass. If anyone wants to know, like, is Jack Ross a snake? Really, we should be asking the one person who knows him best, his <laughs> wife! Well, she... Th- <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if she wants I to come like on to the podcast... I would distance myself from these comments. <laughs> if she wants to come on the podcast and talk about his time and, the, and his coaching role at Hearts, then that is an open invitation. Move on. If, if, uh, really if, if Jamie Robson gets an allegedly for the venom and that doesn't, then, then I don't know what world we're living anymore. I have not there. said anything. I just said I wanted to hear his wife's opinion while he was at Hearts. Okay. Okay. Wow. I don't think she would probably comment on that, but. Hashtag Kibble out. <laughs> <laughs> so so to, to bring it back, I would say that. At least half the podcast would agree with you in principle, Bailey. And and at least half the podcast would call you a prick. But we'll we'll see how it goes. And uh, finally, and this one's specifically for Sam, at Ross Mackay with four S's. I, I, I believe his name's Ross Mackay. Fans only liked the Baker because of the Heart School and Tequila song. He was rotten. <laughs> Not rotten. Very, very, very harsh. But... Uh... I do get the feeling he was. People do overrate him now because he scored that goal against Hearts, and a lot of our fans have a very, 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 very strange obsession with trying to force a rivalry with a team that doesn't really care about us. And uh, yeah, all the good old Beaker done, I think we're better off with him. We don't miss his seven league goals a season. That that first touch still gives me nightmares. Oh, uh, trampolines in his boots. Right, listen, I, I can sympathise with someone who maybe personally overrates a striker that used to play for us. I was wondering when Billy Mayweather was going to get shoehorned in here. I was waiting for no, it. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm not talking about myself. I, I, Is this I, you bringing Stuart Keane up again? <laughs> what? Official Stuart Keane podcast. Um, no, no, I, I just, no, personally overrating someone who had these moments and maybe forgetting some of the some of the leaner times I can I can entirely understand I would never do it the, you know the strikers that I that I worship are genuine dates you know Dougie Sumner yada yada so on Billy Mehmet but, <laughs> but I wouldn't but I wouldn't blame someone for you know for slightly wearing the old rose tinted spectacles when it comes to to Baker because he is rightly a cult hero I would say if not necessarily a back of the football cult hero <laughs> Um. I will admit that the song was fantastic. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. Full credit. If you have a great song behind you, that elevates you at least two points in your rating. Um, he, like the season that, like when that heart school happened, he, he played a massive role. Last season, he wasn't good enough, and we saw that. Um, there was a maybe a bit of golfing talent, and, and towards the end of the season, like you, you, you really saw that that he wasn't good enough. Um, but yeah, overrated. Maybe he had his moments, and he'll always go down as a cult hero. Look out for the John Obika t-shirts coming soon to the Misery Hunters store. It's just such a frustratingly inconsistent player mm-hmm. to have one of uh, even about fifteen crap ones. But all the true great cult players are though, like. That's that's how they end up here. I, I mean, I, we do need to accept our station in some uh, in some respects. I think that we will have guys like him. Like, uh, uh, you know, I'm struggling to think of another striker off the top of my head who, who maybe had those kinds of moments. But you know, get, like Hamill, for example, Ginkalves, like guys who showed up in great moments, but actually, when you look back at it, were not world beaters. And watch your It'd be the law of diminishing returns if you were to. If you were to bring them back, but he deserves his he deserves his place, and and I, I wouldn't want that to be respect or disrespect on his name like that. Speaking, of, wouldn't call him wrong. speaking of cult heroes, uh, where's Big Chebs at? See, see, can you come back? He's scoring to, goals. Is he? He's just the rolling the dice of life. Right. Right, I think just... <laughs> uh, scoring goals, scoring goals, and scoring pens and banging tens. Going by those eyes, I agree. Uh-huh. That seems to have killed off any <laughs> any possibility for the conversation. So uh-huh. we'll wrap that up there by saying that everyone disagrees with you, Ross. Even Craig, because Craig loves a baker as well. So thank you for your contribution. Ross liked the baker, he would probably have backed you up if he was on. Uh, see, see if it was about um Marias, man. Well, Ross would have Ross would have backed Ross loves a baker. Uh, a baker? Marias. Uh, my my own unpopular opinion would be that Junior Marias would have been an unbelievably good right wing back. There you go. <laughs> That's a discussion for another podcast. Um, nice. Any more for any more? No. 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 Anyway. Uh, our store is misery hunters.tmail.com. Link is in the bio. Follow us on Twitter at misery hunters, Facebook, whatever, Instagram. Um, and as always, uh, who, fuck Twitter. The Union Bears. Ah, oh, well. Aye, The Union Bears have been getting it tight lately, but you don't poke an angry bear. <laughs> fuck it, fuck heart and hand, but please don't go back and look at my tweets. <laughs> <laughs> fuck the Daily Record on those. Podcast Network.